I want is an opportunity. This is America, ain't it? Who the fuck's stopping you? This is Bootlegging, where each week we will discuss HBO's original series, Boardwalk Empire. Grab a glass of your favorite libation, and let's do a little chin-wagging. Legging, a Boardwalk Empire podcast. This is your host, Colton. And this is Chris. Um, we are going to be starting out with episode one of the Boardwalk Empire podcast. Uh, of Boardwalk Empire, sorry. Uh, Boardwalk Empire. Um, the first episode is uh, titled Pilot. It's also actually titled Boardwalk Empire. Um, just a couple random facts before we get started. Um, the first episode was directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, he, we really shouldn't need to talk about him. Yeah. I mean, no. I think I mean, everybody's every, everyone's kind of, yeah. um, if you don't know though, just in case, um, he is the director of taxi driver, raging bull, right. um, Goodfellas, casino gangs in New York, the departed. And of course his most famous one is the 20, uh, 2013 commercial from, uh, Dolce and Gabbana, uh, street dreams. Of we course. all know that, right? Of course. So, <laughs> random facts <laughs> in there today. Um, the writer is, uh, Terrence winter. Um, he's also the writer for The Wolf of Wall Street, which also I did not know Mar- that. Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Um, um, he did a bunch of episodes of Boardwalk Empire, and he's also really famously known for The Sopranos. And I'm probably going to get roasted for this. I don't know if you watch it. I didn't watch. No, I didn't Sopranos. watch The Sopranos. I know everybody had <gasps> such a hard on for that show. People. I know. I I just I don't know. I I tried. I couldn't get into it. I just uh, James Gandolfini's voice. I just can't. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to listen to that. I'm sorry. Like we're probably like <laughs> completely getting fans not to follow us by yeah. talking about this <laughs> so horrible way to start we, out a podcast we just tanked this but, whole fucking podcast <laughs> um i just i i and maybe maybe we could try it again i don't know but he's he also wrote a whole bunch of um episodes of the sopranos that was actually what he was known for before coming into boardwalk okay. empire um and then he also has a really famous episode for xena warrior princess titled uh the cradle of hope well now i'm just <laughs> angry that i didn't know that <laughs> yeah so he has two episodes of xena warrior princess well, damn. the most popular I, which uh, is now, the now cra- i have to uh, uh, cradle of hope so, i'll have to revisit xena now <laughs> all right <laughs> Um, so we are going to start off with the um, episode. We're going to talk about the intro because the intro in itself is an episode. I feel. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's very artistic. And, I'll, uh, you know, I, I gave HBO props in the intro uh, podcast that their shows are just uh, they're they're great original shows. But I was even thinking about it watching the intro to Boardwalk Empire. Like the intros to each of their shows are really good and really good. Like, I mean. I don't like Sopranos, but the intro to Sopranos is amazing. Yeah. The the song, I don't know the song, I don't know the name of it, but as soon as I hear that song, I immediately know, oh, yeah. oh that's the Sopranos song. Yep. Uh, we don't even need to mention um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, as exactly. soon as you hear that big dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, you, you know immediately exactly. think of wieners. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's you already know, you there's about. a bunch of stuff coming on. <laughs> Um, it's the same thing. Six feet under. As soon as you yeah, hear exactly. those three little chords, yep. you know that's six feet under. Yep. Um, and then it's the same thing with uh Boardwalk Empire. As soon as you Boardwalk. hear Boardwalk Empire, as soon as you hear the 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 guitar come in, you yep. know it. You immediately like, oh, that's that Boardwalk yep. Empire song. Um, the song I actually looked it up. It's um by a band called the Brian Jonestown Massacre. 
I've never heard of them before. No, I've never heard them. Um, and the name of the song was actually Straight Up and Down. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So kind of want to look them up a little bit, maybe. Maybe they have some other cool stuff. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'll um, have to look that up. So with the intro, it starts out. Um, you have the HBO logo that of everybody course. knows. This has been Whoa. going on since our childhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you have water going away, which I think is cool. And it's kind of uncovering, um, Steve Buscemi's name. He's yeah. walking towards the water. The water, water's uncovering him. I kind of take that like a representation of he's emerging. He's emerging into right. this new world, this of bootlegging of sure. all of this. He's watching out to the sea. I don't know how you took it kind of like in a way that he's looking for the oncoming storm. Yeah, um, yeah. Like he's looking at, he's waiting for it. He knows it's about to happen. And I mean, they they make that. Yeah, they kind of make that uh, uh, clear idea. There's storm, what look like storm clouds in the distance, large waves crashing in, uh, which are carrying in all the booze bottles. Um, which is ultimately like what it's about, right, you know? Right. And, and I and I really love that it's just Steve Buscemi because again talking about hbo intros uh for shows that kind of stuff you don't usually have the main character right there in right. the intro but they're really making it a point that this show is about this guy this, this is, is the main about, character yeah this is who it is this is what it's about and um you really kind of can tell that just in the intro obviously the show makes a very good point of you know showcasing this person but just in the intro they already do that right i agree i completely agree with that um it's really it's neat to see that so uh once you have the intro done um and then it's obviously it ends with him walking into um walking off atlantic to the city yeah. the, the boardwalk which is obviously what the show is right um then you have your intro i thought this was kind of interesting it's a little it's kind of a, a fade in. It's a black. Fade yeah, in. that was kind of very you know, watching it again. I that kind of stuck out to me as well, that it was just really, I don't know, uh, old timey. I mean, maybe that's, that's what they I were was looking at. Yeah, it's maybe that's what they like were trying old, to do. Like 30s or 40s type. Intro. The, yeah, the movies, you know, the the, the talkies uh, <laughs> back yeah. in the day, you know, the, it would just be a lot Moving of pictures are going to put out the radio. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of black edges around it. It's a you know soft fade into just this small circle of a screen, right. focused in on one. You know, it's a timepiece. I'm not sure, but that never really stuck too much. The timepiece, the guys the looking at his watch, didn't but really, you know, the timepiece. I don't know what that represents. It probably does. It's probably above our heads. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but. I thought it was cool that it comes in on but that. that. I guess it's yeah. it, but it focuses on maybe it's a, it's the time is now maybe yeah I, maybe maybe I that's me trying to sound smart right so I, but I thought it was cool just the way they did that yeah so the then, transition was definitely a, a a really nice just a small detail that really uh, really gave some some thought to the time period and it, it kind of puts you in the mood. puts you in that frame it yeah. does so then it opens up um, it's a boat. <clears throat> And it's, um, we know we're going to spoil alert. Oh <laughs> yeah. Spoil alert on this. When, There's um, going to probably be tons of spoilers in this <laughs> because no, this, we've already seen it. We've but, already uh, watched this episode. Yeah. So <laughs> spoiler alert if you haven't watched the episode. Um, so they're out at sea. Um, we know they're about three miles out, give or take. I, I did look this up. I don't, I don't remember if it says it in this, but apparently they're supposed to be three miles out because that's international, uh, international. at that time period. I don't know. 
I don't know if it still is international waters, but um, I I think they I, extended it. Yeah, I, I think they did, and I I couldn't tell you exactly what it is now. Um, but yeah, I I feel like I did I look that up. Once you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I did I, I did hear extended. that somewhere. They they might have they might have actually mentioned it in the show at some point that they are in fact three miles out. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're here on the boat. In the show, they actually later in the episode they mentioned that they're out uh, three miles because once you said that, I was like, oh yeah, they they were out. Oh okay, I was like, I far. remember that. I know I had read it, but I I wasn't positive. Yeah, so um, they're three miles out on this boat. Um, these guys are just waiting around, seemingly, um, not a hundred percent sure for what. It's just misty. They're on a boat. Well, then you see the booze, and then yeah, and then uh, <laughs> good the old Canadian Royal dinghy comes up, Canadian Club. Canadian oh, I'm sorry, Club crap. Whiskey. Canadian Club whiskey. I wonder if that was really because. So um, I found out. I thought that was a fake whiskey, like oh, really? it was because um, I remember drinking Canadian Hunter in college. Oh yeah, which was a cheap, <laughs> cheap whiskey. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing, you know, you have like Canadian Royal, um, you have uh, obviously Crown, Crown Royal. Right. Um, I didn't know Canadian Club was a real whiskey until the other day. Really? And I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. Well, but then, yeah, is it is it real because of the show or is it like, has it been around for a while? See, that I don't know. Huh. So I'm curious. Um, I have a bottle and we're going nice. to be using that bottle here in a little bit. Yes, we are. For a add-on or uh, for a part of the show, a uh, fun little game we're going to start playing. So, uh, we'll have to look on the bottle that's to see when, if it says That's founded. when the podcast is going to get good, so It's going to get fun. You can you can go ahead and skip to that part now if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, skip the next 15 minutes and no. Um so they're loading up crates of uh whiskey, which is this, this really Club. is how they would honestly bring in whiskey to Atlantic City. Oh, yeah. um, they would actually this was from what I've read this was a very common practice it was easy for them to do it's kind of the same thing that they still do now when they're smuggling cocaine and drugs right um, along Florida Texas where they use the yeah, cigar on the boat, water the cigarette is, yeah exactly on the water is going to be your, your quickest it's your and easiest, easiest way, way of to doing do it. it and back then it was even easier right you know the police weren't patrolling it the way they are now and I was going to say yeah even watching this I'm, uh, we were watching the episode and uh, I was like how are they not being like caught right now because it's not like it, they weren't exactly being discreet. They're on here like ringing well, this bell and like <laughs> right. They're not like they're ringing the bell. It's you know old London town playing. Yeah, right. Like, and it's like yeah, this is uh, there is nothing suspicious about these two boats being out in the middle of the harbor in the middle of the night at all. It's fine. But no I mean, back deal. then it was a different. Um, and one of the th we'll go into it in a later episodes, but back in that time policing wasn't like what it was now right you know right. it was a it was not a um a, it was a respected position but it was not a well-paid position and yeah. it was not a and i'm not saying that you know police are played all that well i have lots of friends that work in um policing i i used to work yeah. in law enforcement you you don't go into it for the money right um right. so but back then it was it was even worse back then you know, people took bribes all the time because that was the only way yeah, they were going to make Yeah, the only way you're going to make money. <laughs> so, and they did, they just, they didn't have like what it was. So people weren't working it. They didn't care. They didn't care about bootlegging. It was a new thing for one. Yeah. You know, yeah. bringing in illegal, which they didn't really know. And what. honestly, I mean, 
the the people they probably drink anyway. I was gonna say like <laughs> half the force was probably drinking anyway. So you know, I, it's I'm sure in the cruiser. So. Yeah, right. So you <laughs> different know, times. I'm sure it was uh, it was a little easier to get away with this kind of thing <laughs> back in the day, especially for something like alcohol i mean you know nowadays you're bringing in a boatload of cocaine most likely the the cop that's gonna catch you doing that is not like well give me half of that cocaine and we're we're right. all straight no <laughs> back then it was a lot more hey give me a couple bottles of yeah, this and exactly. we're good to go exactly so i suppose it was a little easier to, uh, <laughs> to get away with this back in the day um considering so, the product after they load it they're in a boat which i are in a uh sorry not a boat uh they're in a uh yeah they load uh, it up truck. Into a truck they come across an accident i actually really the thing i love about this scene is it really puts you in the mood of the time period like when they're driving in that yeah. woods you can barely see that deer you know yeah um you can feel you can feel how like rickety those um there's there's still those trucks are yeah there's still raw country in in america even close in to atlantic, atlantic city. city yeah there's 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 woods i yeah. mean like i think that's cool like how they film this it's like it's dark yeah like right now we have it paused on a scene where they're looking at the um crash victim and you can't see past the trees. That's all. Yeah, the, you all know? you see is the headlights of the turned over car and That's this it. guy in the road. And it, it's you're right. It does kind of make uh it puts you in in the zone. It puts you in the zone. I think that's cool. So we have the turnover car. You see a guy laying there. Um, we don't know who that is at this point. Um, but it definitely stops the stops the convoy there that they have going on. So shipment is stopped dead in the road. Um. And yeah, so they're just trying to get stuff out of the way, and then here comes trouble. Ma- the masked Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they come out and they're holding them up, um, and it's obviously it's a stick up. You know, I mean, it's, you don't need to be a genius to figure that out. Right. I like this transition where he just knocks him yeah. and it pauses. That's such a Martin Scorsese. Yeah, thing. it really is. It's so good, and it goes right into the. Um, temperance movement where the ladies talking right i thought which, that was yeah. so good which obviously i cannot and i kept meaning to look it up this lady is so fake she always plays the same character yeah i can't she always <laughs> plays the angry old yep. white lady that's upset and i just can't yep. think of what her Biddly name boo is here <laughs> but um so this right here we've got the temperance movement um i did a little bit of research on this I knew about it a little bit, but I did some more. So with the temperance, it's temperance movement. Temperance movement is what brought around prohibition. Right. Okay. Uh, this is the temperance league. The temperance league was a almost all women's based organization. Okay. Right. Um, it was women and young children. They were very, very anti alcohol. Right. Um, they were not, they didn't like consumption. They thought it brought about the evils. And to be fair at this time period, Consumption was a very, very big thing. Um, you know, they didn't have the modern knowledge that we have now of what alcohol can do to the body. Right. You know, and so you had a lot of problems with people drinking heavily. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that brought around. And it was, it was also a religious movement as well. Um, but the Temperance League was a women's based organization, pretty much. Uh, which I thought was kind of neat. And um, they worked with, um, at that time, it was the Republicans. The Republicans were very active in the uh, alcohol 
uh, program and getting um, prohibition started. And then they were also very big with getting women the right to vote. Um, and you'll see that as right. she does her little speech, um, you then have um, Nucky uh, coming in and he's talking. Um, and I like what he's saying when he's talking. Um, he's doing what a politician does, I was right? Say, he's definitely uh, being he's, a politician for he's sure. He's telling a story. He's talking about oh, through the through the snow and um, what I had to take a that kid had to take a broom handle and kill mice, yeah. <laughs> and then. The entire time he's talking and they're just licking it up. They're eating it oh, up. Oh, yeah. Just like, I mean, anybody that follows politics, I mean, you know, it's such a uh, identity type program. It's about, yeah, you know? it's, it's about what you say, how you it's say it. Not what you actually live. It's right. what you say. Right. But I love that when he's like done, Jim, com- Jim comes in and um, is like, hey, you know, you got to leave. Like, oh, I have to go on urgent business, yeah. right? Like, magically, yeah. I don't want to be around these sober urgent people. Urgent business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm county treasurer. I got to go. See? <laughs> I like how he comes in and he's just like, all right, you got to go. And so they leave because he's basically like, I don't want to hang around with you. Y'all people are sober. Right. I want to go drink. And he's and he not even two steps can't out. even get out of, the, out of the vicinity of the building before he has to take a hit from his, uh, from his flask. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is such a perfect example of politics. It's so backwards. Yeah, it's just uh, not backwards, but maybe backhanded. You know, you say say something out of one side of your mouth and then, you know, something But he's even open with it with Jim where he's just like, um, what is the line he says? He goes, you know, Jim, it's something I learned. He's like, people love a good story, whether it's true yeah, or not or something, because that's what people want to believe. Yeah, they exactly. Believe. And so I just I thought that that was too funny. So he leaves there. And then from there he goes to uh, the party, the big party where um, I thought this was so funny. Right. So they're at this big party. You know, they're uh, talking about how prohibition is going to be coming in at the next what three hours. Right. Which what random thing I figured out. What is today in this in this series? What what date do you think this is like the month and the day? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, they're they're. You would assume it's like New Year's or something, the way that they're partying. The way they're celebrating, you would think it's New Year. I thought it was New Year's. Right. I thought this was their big New Year's celebration. But then I noticed when the band plays at that song, they're playing, you know, like the uh, funeral song, right? Yeah, the, they're the, playing Taps. Taps. Yeah. Um, it was actually January. I looked it up. It was actually January um, 16th. So 16 days into the new year, it was sell it prohibition hit. I thought that was kind of huh. strange. So it wasn't actually new instead year's. of on the new yeah instead of on the new year. So that is odd. Something random I kind of learned. I was huh. like I because the entire time I've watched this, I was always like, oh, it's New Year's. They're celebrating New right. Year's, right? Um, but I thought it was funny, right? So he's sitting there, um, talking with this room, which he's got you know all the major players. He's got his brother. Eli, oh my gosh! Yeah, you know the mayor, the he's treasurer, got the mayor, yeah, but. They're literally, so I'm going to be like, I guess, kind of nitpicking this a little bit. He's literally, not even nitpicking, I'm just like, dude, come on, this is kind of lazy, right? He's literally saying, okay, I'm the treasurer, see? You're the mayor, (laughs) we're going to booze, okay? Because we've got prohibition, and this is what we're after. Like, There's no, like... Hey, like, let's be soft about yeah, it. Yeah, they're 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 not exactly being uh, covert in their operations. It's uh, just right out in the open. And I don't know. I I feel like that also gives credence to their characters. Um, it just it goes to show you that they believe that they are untouchable. You We've think? got this on lock. 
You we think don't have really to hide this. You think this. that's how it was meant to be? I, I think so. I, they, I didn't, see, I didn't take... That's, they, a, that's a good way of looking just, at it. I mean, look at who they have in the room. I mean, this is every major politician, and this is every leader in right. the city. They don't have to hide it because they have it on lock. At least that's Very what they true. believe. And I think that's what makes it... Uh, so much more of a crash later on. I don't want to give too much away until we get to that point. But once they start, you know, they start worrying, it's so much more of a of a knockdown because they they are 100% sure that they don't have to hide anything because they have every major person in this entire city right here. We don't have to sugarcoat this at all. We got it. No That's worries. a good point. I just kind of looked at it like, man, this is just kind of lazy writing. Like, they're just like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Like, <laughs> like, it was just so obvious. Like, okay, y'all aren't hiding it. Then uh, here we are. Uh, I like when before he gets to the party, uh, we're kind of backtracking a little bit here. Um, I thought this was kind of funny. I don't know if you noticed this. I, so I actually watched this intro part where they're walking through the boardwalk for the first time. Right. I really like it because it's very like, hey, it's it's a throwback. Oh like, yeah. It looks it looks yeah, so real. We, we are on the boardwalk. You have people right in now. blackface. Blackface. <laughs> like the band. Oh my god. Yeah. People that was in- that was a little shocking, honestly. At, at when we first uh, when I first watched this, and even even the but second that time really I watched was happening. that. Yeah. Even the second time, I was like. They're that's that's what they're doing, and and that's like I and said in the totally intro. Normal. That's you know that was happening in real life, and yeah, no, it was, was a very like, very like real popular thing. Yeah, and so that threw me off. You have that, and then as the as it goes on, so you have the funeral procession come by. People are like weeping over this like, paper mache <laughs> giant, bottle, giant bottle, bourbon, <laughs> or whatever it is. I can't tell. Uh, barley corn. <laughs> John Barleycorn. I, I'm That's sure it's something that, that tastes like funny. gasoline. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it is that they're trying to <laughs> portray. That. Uh, but then not only that. So, and I imagine this was real because see, with prohibition, you uh, the consumption of alcohol wasn't illegal. It was the sale and manufacture of alcohol. Right. Right. So you could possess it. So here you have a guy with a stroller, <laughs> a booze, why his wife while his wife kids. is carrying the baby. <laughs> and it's just like people are going anarchy. They're like, I'm buying all those potatoes because I want to make booze. That's funny. I didn't notice that before. Like, and the thing is, is I'm like watching this and I'm like, this isn't an exaggeration. I bet that was really how it yeah, was. Yeah, I'm sure. Because if sure they came, was. I'll be honest, if they came in right now and they're like, hey, Starting next week, booze is illegal. So we're going to go ahead and go to Specs at right now and oh, break into that place. I'm cleaning it out. I'm going to be like, y'all are not closing at nine anymore. I am there and I am cleaning house. So um, so they do their big, um, their big talk where they're sitting there and they're like, okay, we're going to be doing this. They give basically the layout of the entire show. I right. mean, that's pretty much what it is. It's a, it's the premise for the entire show. Um, which then after that, uh, it goes forward to them counting down, which is, I guess why I kind of thought it was new year's cause they're counting down like three, right, right. two, one, but it's, they're counting down to, uh, prohibition, prohibition. So I thought that was kind of cool the way that they're, uh, doing that. So after that's over with, we get a view of, um, well, during the meeting, actually, before we fast forward even, during the meeting, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting, and this comes back later, is Jim Jimmy gets you know passed over for the, right. the ward or the district. I can't remember what they said. Yeah, yeah. Um, council person. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was uh, a, a bit of his character development because, um, you know, 
at this point, had they mentioned who? No, they hadn't mentioned who he is yet. But uh, as no. far as his character development goes, at this point, you can tell that yeah, obviously he works for Nookie. He's right. uh, a low level person, judging by his clothes. I mean, it's this you know street kid. But you can tell with at the all same of these time he's, he's trusted enough that he's exactly he's, he's invited. Sitting with he's them. sitting at the table, like yeah, while they're exactly. talking about illegal things. Exactly. He's sitting with them, so he's so. obviously a trusted character, and um, he's portrayed as you know an underdog. He wants to come up, obviously, because he's there. He's trying, and then he kind of gets passed over. For this very important position. Right. And again, they don't mention it at this dinner, but here in about five minutes, they mention that it's somebody that he went to school with. Yeah. This is basically his equal in age and in education, smarts, that kind of thing. So obviously he's feeling kind of left behind right here. Well, especially because he went and you know fought for this country. Right. You know, that's how he's looking at it. I fought for this country. Right. I gave part of my life essentially because he's got um you know you you can see it later it, during this episode you see it you know he has kind of a um a bump what he calls a bum leg right, you know? right so and we find out later we'll go we'll talk about that but he definitely was injured while he was over there both yeah. mentally and physically yeah um so um he gave a lot and him getting passed over obviously rings a lot to who he is right uh which i thought that was kind of neat seeing that right off the bat yeah like I said, it's it 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 did a lot for his character development uh, just in that small small amount of time. After the um, so then you see they're celebrating, they're going through, they're partying and stuff like that. Like it's you know nineteen nineteen so nineteen twenty. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then after that, you get to meet um, Jim and his uh, wife at the time. So I thought this was kind of interesting when he's um, talking to his wife. Because one of the things, you know, she's kind of upset, you know, that he's he got passed over, obviously, and um, she doesn't want her husband upset. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was she talks about, well, you could go back to Princeton. And he was like, oh, well, then what? I'd be 23 when I graduate. Like, it's that old. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of funny to me as well, because, I mean, what you graduate from college, technically, when you're about. 23 24 anyway but i think nowadays (laughs) i mean maybe you graduated that much younger back then i guess i don't know um i i you know but i know it was a big deal to go to college back then. like that was a huge deal you know like you pretty much nobody went to college yeah yeah so um but it was just kind of weird hearing him say that i don't know and i don't know if that was just kind of the time frame and stuff like that like it was basically like i'm 23 i'm basically half over with my life right so um, but I, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting when he talks about it, he's just like, well, I was in the army, you know, killing Germans doesn't prepare you for anything else, which that's one of those things I think still kind of holds with yeah. society today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you and me both, we're friends with several veterans yep. and it's amazing. Like I've, I'm friends with one guy who, um, he was a medic in the army, you know, did all kinds of things when he was over there, comes back over here, isn't even qualified to be a high school nurse. Right. You know, but he's able to save lives over there. It's kind of weird to me when you think about it that way, they're able to learn all this stuff. And then when you come back over, it's like, oh, well, you don't have any skills that we care about anymore. Yeah. And me and my wife were talking about that when we watched the episode again, that, you know, that's still, like you said, it's veterans still 
have that uh, happening these days when they come back, you know, from from war being in another country for however many years they come back and it's still the same situation. Right. You know, companies just don't see merit in it i guess i don't I, i'm not sure i, I don't know what it is and it's but. not even just the merit it's like they don't care i don't know i mean i know there's companies out there that they'll say you know they hire veterans they're veteran friendly and stuff like that but it's like like i said it's stuff like okay you could be a medic in the military so you're saving lives of people that have limbs blown off but we you're not qualified to be an ambulance tech right which to me Maybe I'm looking at it weird, but to me, I'm looking at it like that's kind of the same thing. So, yeah, you know, like then, why aren't they qualified to do that? And yeah, I guess it's with maybe it's the utensils they use. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be make them more qualified. Like, look at what I used. Out I in used the field. rubber bands and <laughs> chewing gum, and I put a guy's <laughs> arm back on. But but yeah, I think it's more of just the. Uh, our society is based on, you know, how much risk you pose to the company, that kind of thing. That, yeah, that's just that's how it true. is now. And I think that's really the main part of it is that how much risk do you pose the company when you come back? And just like you said, Jim, it, it kind of seems like maybe he had some mental trauma as well oh, when, he, definitely. when he came back. So I guess that's what people are taking into consideration when somebody comes back is, are you, were you traumatized mentally? Um, and now that you're here, how are you coping with that? How is that going to come up later? Right. You know, so I, I guess that's really where it stems from. I think so. So after that, we get a look at, um, the, uh, newest department, I guess, I guess is that what you would call it. The prohibition. It's the, it's the new wing of the treasury department. Yeah. <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. He's coming in. <laughs> Um, so you get the we get a view of the probation pro not probation prohibition officers. Um, I always thought this was kind of funny. I don't know if this is really how they trained back then, but it's just but like seriously, like yeah. <laughs> everyone get your guns out and just start shooting. Like, start shooting. <laughs> Do jumping jacks, calisthenics, <laughs> throw the leather ball. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, what are they doing? That's remotely prepping them to be. <laughs> finding booze and you're like they're not smelling yeah, like, right by the yeah. way this is what liquor, this is what smells, liquor like. smells like yeah, no no can is... you throw a leather ball <laughs> i guess uh, I, I guess it's just their yard time is, is the part that we saw just then um but yeah then we get uh introduced to our uh michael shannon man this dude he... i seriously michael shannon every role that he plays especially Every role he's ever done, I, I've loved it. He's been great in every role, but there's one role in particular that, I mean, just defined his entire acting career, and that is the college humor bit that he did reading the note, uh, the email the, sent out know, the by sorority the sorority email. sister. Because <laughs> this dude just, I can't believe how well he read that that email. While he's drinking, my While you. he's drinking scotch, yeah. <laughs> fantastic so yeah michael shannon great great pick for this role because he's just so he's so stoic good. in the face and just well yeah. and there what i think's cool and I, I guess i don't know if this was like this but the whole pro uh, uh prohibition officers all of them are like this most uptight looking white guys oh yeah like yeah. look at them yeah it's like i've never had fun 
Yeah. <laughs> you can't have fun. Like, look at them. Like, if we pause it, right? Look at them. They're saying their name, and they are so dead-eyed. I, your name. <laughs> your name. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it blows my mind that that's, I don't know. And I don't know if it was really like and, that, but I feel like it was. And uh, they, they kind of, again, I don't want to jump too far ahead into the episode, but they kind of make that clear later when he's uh, on camera again, you know, when he's actually out in the field starting to take notes. That the agents he is assigned are completely incompetent. Just can't do. Just they don't even know what the hell is going on. <laughs> the concierge, you said Serge, his name yeah. is Serge. Concierge is the manager. <laughs> um. So after we get introduced to him, we finally get to see Nucky the next morning. Um. And he's gonna meet. Um. He's laying with the girl that he brought home, who she plays a character a little bit later on. Yeah, but uh, and I think it's important because. The the first scene, because we see Michael Shannon and, you know, this sea of, of amateurs. I mean, look at this ginger kid over here. Anyway, <laughs> but um, and the first thing that they switch to is this picture of a woman who, you know, you, you don't know who this person is at this point. Right. But it's the picture of the woman. And, you know, further in the episode, you find out that that's extremely important. Um, right. I guess we can go ahead and say once again spoiler alert but that's his it's a picture of his wife right who I mean, we find that out later on this episode yeah in this so. episode but it really seems like she is a large character in in the show and in his in nookie's character himself so he's um you know obviously he's this prohibition era uh, smuggler he's providing booze against the law to everybody but his moral standing is still driven by his wife who right. in this episode he mentions that he lost to consumption i don't know how true that is because uh, i'm still new to the i'm still new to right it, so that's the thing to ask is it true is it not right exactly but you know it it kind of it kind of lends a little bit to um you know figuring out his character and and um where his morals really stand right. because he's once again being a politician and talking out of both sides of his mouth. So you, you, is what they do best. Yeah. So it's, it, it really gives complexity to his character, I think. So he gets woken up and then we get to see Margaret, um, which is one of the major main characters of the show. Um, this is kind of their first meeting. I mean, she was at the temperance league, uh, uh, social, yeah. Um, but then we finally get to actually get introduced whether she's pregnant with a child. Um, and she talks about how her husband is an alcoholic pretty much. And, you know, well, she doesn't say that, but you get the hint. Um, and that, um, you know, she's trying to find a job for him. And so, um, uh, which, you know, he doesn't have a job obviously. So he's kind of a deadbeat dude. Right. Um, and then you actually kind of see, he's a, he, he's a baker's, uh, hand, side guy i don't know he's a like an assistant to a baker or something like that i think is what it says right that's his job so yeah i mean you know not not doing a whole lot <laughs> at all so then he um you get to meet her and he you kind of see who nucky is at that point because he gives her money and right. you know he's he is i think he is legitimately a good guy where he's like he's he yeah is are his methods corrupt absolutely but it's kind of like Al Capone. You know, when you read about Al Capone, 
you know, in the stuff he did for Chicago, he did a lot of stuff. He gave a lot of money. Right. You know, was he was Al Capone a good guy? Absolutely not. Right. You know, but I think that Nucky's kind of the same way. He has a soft spot for the people of his community where he wants to help them out when he can. Uh, but that's going to take up our first part. So I think with this, we're going to go into a break and uh, we're going to next talk about a cocktail from the air. So stay tuned and we're going to be right back. The Old Fashioned is an official IBA cocktail. It is considered one of the six original cocktails. To prepare one, it's very simple. Dissolve a small lump of sugar with a little water in a whiskey glass. Add two dashes of aromatic bitters, a small piece of ice, and a piece of lemon pill. One shot of whiskey, and you'll serve as is. The Old Fashioned has changed somewhat over the years, now usually being garnished with an orange peel and a maraschino cherry. The cocktail is so famous, in fact, that it actually has its own glass uh, named after it, the Old Fashioned Glass. Drink up and enjoy, and we'll get back to chinwagging. And we are back from our break. Hopefully you all learned a little bit about the Old Fashioned. Um, This is the second half of um, bootlegging, and at this point, me and Chris are now drinking. So, Pretty pretty heavily at this point. We're drinking heavily. So... Hopefully, uh, the rest of the podcast goes a little bit smoother than uh, before. <laughs> so, if you hear some clinkity clinks, it's uh, us having a good time. Hopefully, go y'all sm- are having a good time as well. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go smoother, but it's going to go, hopefully, funner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we are uh, back um, where we last left off. Um, we're now t- talking about... The, they're at the the sea the the boardwalk. Um, you know they're showing fish. I think that's kind of interesting. They're buying fish like you're just standing there. Yeah, I think like, that's kind of cool. Like it's like ugly fish. Look at all these fish. <laughs> Buy it a fish. But not Buy only the are fish. they buying fish, what else are they buying? They're buying booze. Yeah, and this is where this is where they're making their deals. And so we get a call back from the guy at the very beginning of the episode who is buying the Canadian club. And so this is the deal. That they're striking for the uh, the initial trade that we saw at the beginning of the episode, right? I thought it was kind of interesting how they just real like it's not even nonchalant; it's like out in the open, like they're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, like it would kind of be like if you and me were like in downtown Houston, like no, 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 no. How much does that blow you yeah, got? Exactly. Like, oh, you're you're spending more for that coke than I would. Yeah. Like they're just so ballsy. And that's with what it. that's what I'm saying. Like at the be- that that first meeting with all the higher ups, that's they're so cavalier about it because they are under the impression that they have this on lock. Yeah, they have no worries whatsoever at all. I like how they they do the deal, and then he's like, "Oh, I need a drink," and he's like, "What do you need a drink? I already got what I need." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we then go in the. F- first kind of good scene where you actually see bootlegging yeah so i like this so um one of the other things about me and actually um chris you've done some as well um we both do homebrewing we both have um i would say we're not experts but we're above amateurs when it comes to homebrewing yeah i would think so i mean as far as amateur goes i would to be an amateur at home brewing, you'd have to know very, very little about the process. I feel like because like most a bottle brewers, of apple cider and like letting it sit. <laughs> yeah, most home brewers like you have to have a certain level of knowledge of beer and how it works and everything like that in order to uh, 
make it yourself. Right. So, you know, we, we're both at pretty much that level, maybe a little bit more just because we have been, you know, researching and I mean, we've been drinking for years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Makes us experts. So we're basically experts, but. Um, but it, we, are we considered experts? Because I mean, we've done, not experts. We, we're above amateurs. Yeah, I would, so, I would say that. You know, we we know about the pH balances. We right. know about the acidity. Um, now, this is obviously beer distilling. I know a little bit about distilling. Yeah, I've read yeah, up. A little I, bit. I've never personally done it. I would actually like to, um, but I have never personally done. I know distilling. it's more dangerous. <laughs> it is a little more dangerous. Um I don't feel it's as dangerous as some people make it out to Probably be. I think not. some of it is kind of a, a an old wives tale if you will about going blind. Now no so the, the going blind part isn't necessarily false cuz if you right. get the wrong ether um ethanol things like that it does have an effect. And with this scene with them in the funeral home it's showing that because here they are, you know, they're taking which being at home brewing and beer, this scene is cool because they're adding color yeah. and they're adding things. And so um, using all be- kinds of different chemicals yeah. and things like that, which in beer, a lot of people don't know this in beer. It's the same thing. So yeah. there's a really famous beer from Texas called um, Shiner. Yeah. I love Shiner. Nothing against Shiner. Shiner's yeah, a great beer. It's a, it's a great. It's a, it tastes amazing, but it's not a true Bach. Right. And they actually add coloring. Add caramel color. To make it a darker color. Yep. And that's what they're doing in this. And I like when uh, Mickey Doyle... He changed my name to Mickey Doyle. (laughs) So um, he's he's honestly... Mickey's probably one of my favorite characters just because he's the most... Stereotypical He's, he caricature, is you know that. Yes, like he's straight up like Roger Rabbit. It's I yeah. love him. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, and the, I love that he just gets hit. He pulls a gun out. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a buddy. He works for the funeral industry. Maybe he can get us uh, uh, from out of the hide, and we can make some real stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, no thanks. <laughs> I got specs down the road. I don't need that. I don't need it. <laughs> um, but I like when he is talking about the uh, the actual booze and he's talking about the process of it because it actually makes sense. As a person that's yeah. done brewing, I'm like, what he's saying isn't really necessarily Hollywood. Like, it's actually a fairly realistic yeah. thing. And I thought that was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, adding color. They're... they're Mixing alcohols. Yeah, to, to spread it around more. And, you know, just like the... Uh, back alley deals of today where people are cutting right. coke with baking soda so that they could spread their product farther and make more money it's this the same is, thing this is the same thing they're you actually... make a product illegal and this is what happens yep, yep. um i just thought that was kind of cool when they add that and they actually talk about it instead of just the it's not just like when you think about like Al Capone and stuff, you're like, oh well he was just smuggling um whiskey in from Canada and then that was it I kind of liked that. I was like, you know, it wasn't just that. It was, and it wasn't just people making wine in their bathtub, you know, right. or prison yeah, or whatever you want to call it. There was actually large pretty scale legitimate operations. operations. Yeah, making these cuttings. You know, they're, they're halfway alcohols, but yeah, it was a it was a big business already. People want a buzz. Yep. You know. Yep. You get this nice scene now. I really like this scene between um, Nucky and um, James because. It's it's like a father son scene, and, and this I is really, really like where that. you learn the most about Jimmy so far. Right, is in this scene and how he went off to war. He got his bum leg. He comes back and and he's fucked. And he's yeah. That's it. Like 
he comes back and he's just like, I gave so much and I come back to what? Right. To this chump that didn't do anything. Yeah. But then they look at it different because they're like, because what Nucky says, he's like, what? Yeah. He's like, you went over to die. He's like, only yeah. saps do that. Yeah. You know? And so. Yeah. Nucky's feels, basically blaming him for uh, he's he's saying he did it for the valor. Right. It, and that's it. And which, you know, I think in different situations is true sometimes, you know, but both sides of this argument are true. Right. To I, the I situation, agree. you know, it, it, it happens, but it's a it's a really powerful scene because just like you said, it is kind of like a, a father son dynamic where Nookie's trying to educate him. Take your time. You just got back. Yeah, I like mean, what a month. Yeah, yeah a month or two, I think is what he said. He's been back. Um, and this is we're talking about world war here. Like World War is, One. Yeah, this is legitimate, crazy like mustard gas living in trenches like literally people freezing to death yeah like world war one was heaviest stuff that soldiers have ever been through like a lot of people know about world war ii but people forget world war one was was brutal brutal like i mean it was some very very horrible stuff going on on both sides yeah you know on both sides and he and for him to make it through with just a bum leg yeah is amazing yeah. you know and but i can't imagine the amount of ptsd and the amount of scarring mentally he even has right and i think that's why like even not having gone through it himself nucky understands that that happened and he's trying to sympathize with him right that like i i understand where you're coming from that's why you need to take your time you can't just jump right into this gangster lifestyle. I feel like Nookie's trying to protect Jimmy a bit right. from this lifestyle because he's, I mean, Nookie's ingrained in it. This is the leader of this, this is know, movement. Life. Yeah, he knows what's going on. So I feel like, just like you said, it's a father-son relationship. Nookie's trying to protect him from jumping right into this straight out of what he's already been through. But, um, you know, uh, Jimmy being the, the strong-headed guy he is, he's... He's ready to take on more responsibility, especially since he's in competition with his classmate who uh, who just got jumped. Just got right completely, over yeah, yeah, head over him for staying home. He, uh, he looks at him. He looks at him like he was a coward. Essentially, right. love this. I just, I, I don't know. This is one of my favorite scenes from this first. I mean, in, in all honesty, this is one of my favorite scenes throughout the series. But it's one of my favorite from this first because you just really see who he is, right? And I really like that. Plus, you get to hear him say, well, aren't you just a pip, kid? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Old 1920s talk. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you have Jim and you have uh, Nucky. They have their conversation, you know, and he's basically saying, you know, I've done things. I've seen things. You know, th- to him, it's kind of like since I've killed people and I've had to make these decisions, I'm able to now do it. And, right. And I think that that is honestly a part of it. And I think he does have some valid reasons to think that way. Um, but Nucky also realizes it's not just about willing to do the dirty things. You also have to have a good head on your shoulder. Yeah. We have that done with. So, um, next we have the meeting Nucky and the four, um, I would say the four big heads. Wouldn't you say now I'm going to do a little pop quiz on you, Chris. I'm going to do a pop quiz on you just because we saw, um, in this scene, you see, um, uh, the Asians talking and, you know, you have Sergi and stuff like that. What are the four names of the people at the meeting? Do you know? Oh, God. 
So I, I know Lucky Luciano. Okay. I know him. I know Conservatory. No, that's not right. <laughs> yes, the great uh, uh, Conservatory. Your Conservatory, I think is his name. And then we got... Um, Oh, man. No, you got me on that one. So you got the four big heads. And these are actually real people that were actually involved. These were some of the original gangsters, um, which is kind of cool. You have Arnold Rothstein, Mm -hmm. who um, he's a little less known, but he's actually a very interesting interesting gangster. And they actually portray him very well in the show. I was going to say, I feel like in the show, and I don't know if this is true in real life, but he's kind of the, uh, he's kind of a middleman. In, in meeting people together and getting... He was. In real life, he was. He had his own faults. He was not a, in the same as in the show. In real life, he was not a drinker, but he had a very bad lying and gambling and cheating habit. He was addicted to that. Um, so you have, um, you have Arnold Rothstein, Lucky Luciano, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sorry if I'm saying these wrong because I'm not Italian, uh, Big Jim uh, uh, Colosimo, and then Johnny Torrio. Johnny Torrio, of course is huge in Chicago. Johnny Torrio was the guy who started the Chicago Mafia. He is who implemented and was the person that basically gave Al Capone his start. I'm not going to go into too much details on that, um, but Torino is somebody he could never underlook him. He is what he is the godfather, godfather, godfather to the mob. Huh. Um, he's very, very high up. He's very, he's a very interesting person to read about what all he did. Now, um, you have their meeting. I really like the way they play Big Jim. I think it was kind of cool. He's kind of like a lovable guy in a way. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's kind of like, is. you're like, you're like, I would like this dude. Yeah, like, I was this right? guy was my friend. He's like talking about my restaurant. Right. You know, he's like, oh, you come here. I'll treat you good. Yeah, he's, a, he's a jolly Italian guy. Owns a restaurant. Typical, typical Chicago Italian guy. Loves his mama. I mean, uh, (laughs) where's a pinky ring? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you're right. I I mean, in real life, was this guy like this was in real life? Terrible um, person. A little bit. I've read about him. (laughs) He actually was very he um, he was involved with the mafia. They were involved, you know, with extortion, you know, the old the old type. So. He was very big on, you know, like, we'll protect you, but you pay us. Yeah. yeah. Right. He apparently, from the little bit I've read about him, um, he was very anti uh, smuggling of alcohol. Huh. Um, when Prohibition came around, he was not, he didn't really want to get into the business. He was kind of right. like, this isn't for us. He was like, that's going to bring too much heat. Um, I would rather stay in the other business. He got into it a little bit. But for the most part, he was not very pro um, um, bootlegging, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's kind of the same thing you find out later with certain mafia people. They were very anti-drug smuggling because, you know, heroin during the 30s, heroin got opium got really big and stuff like that. Yeah, it brings um, unwanted attention. Exactly. So he kind of was like the forefront thought on that, that, hey, alcohol is illegal. I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. Some kind of interesting, and they kind of show that in the show a little bit. They don't. They make it look like he's into it, but he's not. Like this is what I need to do. Right. This is this is this is our business. Right. So during the meeting, you see that um, 
uh, Lucky Luciano, you know, he's very hot headed. Hot headed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He doesn't want to do anything like by he just wants to get straight to the cho- to the cut, right. right? He doesn't want to play games, he doesn't want to talk or anything. And then uh Rothstein, on the other hand is very cool. personable, cool, collective. Yeah. Um he's a teetotaler. I love that term. I don't know why. I just think it's funny. I've never heard that term. <laughs> You've never heard that? Oh, yeah, I heard, heard that term. Um, he's a teetotaler, so he's like, you know, he doesn't drink. He doesn't consume. He always wants to be quick. Right. I mean, he's somebody that he's very, he's one that he wants to do business. And I yeah. like that. His addiction is, like I said, it's Gam- money. Yeah, money, gambling. But, I mean, and that's the thing is that. His addiction is gambling and money, but he's good at it. Very good. <laughs> like, impossibly good at gambling. So, <laughs> Well, it's like when you hear um, Al Capone, you finally meet Al Capone and Jim, and they're uh, talking, and he even mentions in it, um, Al Capone does that, um, he made his, I think he said he's something like he's worth like, like $2 million or something like that. And he's like, geez, yeah, and like, he's how old? And yeah. he's like 23 or something. And it's like, I mean, even today's world, oh man, if I had $2 million and I was 20, I'm 33. (laughs) Like, I'm lucky if I got triple digits in my bank account. So I can't imagine having, you know, $2 million. And then this is back then. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. I didn't look it up. I don't know what it what it's worth. I'm gonna assume it's uh, worth over two million dollars. I was gonna say inflation on two million from 19. I think it's like two point five million. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I can understand being in kind of the same position as these two lowly, um, you know, wait out car drivers. Car drivers. They're seeing guys their own age. Lucky Luciano. Like he says, wearing diamonds and fine suits and having these dinners with all the the head honchos, right? So of course they're feeling they're feeling jealous. They want to they want some of that action. Absolutely, I don't blame them at right. all. Yeah, exactly. So here they are getting introduced, and like you said, this is Al Capone, which is this scene is kind of the. Uh, um, considering what most people know about this era and prohibition and everything right. like that, you learn that this, this kid is Al Capone. That's kind of like the <gasps> like yeah. surprise moment for, for this episode that, Oh my gosh, this little, this little dude right here it's is funny Al Capone. Like <laughs> the first time I watched this episode, I don't know if you were the same. I thought it was corny in a way. I was like, okay, they just a bring in bit. Al Capone in kind of like, um, I mean, this it wasn't a show now, but you know, like with Gotham, where it's like, oh, it's young Batman. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, it's young Al Capone. Exactly. Oh wow! But then when you actually look into, it, you're like, oh, never mind. No, Al Capone legit. really would have been this doing this. Actually, like this yeah. is this is actually real. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So um, it was. I was like, oh, that's like, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Like when they said it, it, history is actually more entertainment right. than you know um, real, which is reality, which is cool. Here at the casino now where Nucky's finding out that um, Rothstein has come in and basically played a good game yeah. for 90000 wink, Cleaned wink, nick, nick, yeah. you know, like, was he really playing? <laughs> yeah, He right. was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is where you kind of figure out who Rothstein is. I kind of, I like that because you're realizing he's out for himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like absolutely. 100%. He's he's in it to make money. He's in it. He doesn't want to just necessarily screw over Nucky, I feel right. like. But I think he's kind of using this as a opportunity to basically come in and show who he is. Yeah. Be like, hey, look, we can come after you. Because 
you see whenever uh, Lucky Luciano stands up to do violence, he's like, no, 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 yeah. sit down. He doesn't want to cause him harm. This, yeah, from during in the books, right? Handling this, but if I need to, I will come after you. Right. I think it's like a very, very subtle threat. Yeah, but it's it is. a good one. Yeah, because he's like he's legally he's legally taking yeah, his money <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I like that. I think that's kind of cool. Plus, I like this because you get to finally see, and it's right here. I love this scene. It's actually on our on our screen right now. You get to see Nucky finally be a gangster. Yeah. Like, he bounces Margaret's husband so good. Like, and, and it's not even that, like, I mean, the guy deserves it, definitely. Oh, yeah. But it's like he's getting the the ass end of the deal because Nucky just got had right. by Rothstein. And so now Nucky is, like, yeah. out of blood. <laughs> so just he right just, there, just slamming slams him. him into the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how's this? But, but let's be real. Nucky's a little dude. That guy's a big guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe it's because he's drunk, but like, he is he slamming him. him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Scarface, Al Capone, and Jimmy, they're, you know, doing their planning. Kind of planning there, yeah. Planning which we the heist. Are, we already know how this is going to turn yeah, out, kind yeah. of. We already know what. They're basically saying, hey, we're going to be stealing all this. Stuff. Right. And there they, yeah, it cuts. It cuts to a, com- a comedy routine, which I actually found out this is a real comedian, actually. Um, and his character trait was his eyes. That's so when insane. you look at him on the screen, he has those big eyes. That was actually his character trait. His name was um, uh, Eddie Cantor. Eddie, Can- Eddie-, Eddie Cantor. I, I've never heard of him. I looked him up. He was actually kind of a famous guy. He was in several silent movies. Um, he was a pretty famous dude, so a little bit of history they threw in on right. that. And apparently that was one of his comedy routines was, my girl's so dumb. Like, that was actually, <laughs> like, one of his things. Like, I don't think it's funny. You know, they're they're thinking it's hysterical. Yeah, oh yeah. So. <laughs> Again, kind of one of the uh, throwbacks to the times. Just to, to the get, times, yeah. right. <laughs> um, but, of course, in between these comedy, you know, all of his one-liners, we see clips of... Some serious Multiple things, yeah, going on. We got um, the the, uh, Treasury Department. Who we're thinking is sneaking up. Sneaking up in the woods. On the the bootleggers that are bringing in the the booze. And then we got the bootleggers walking up on the car from the the beginning. Yeah, they're they're basically setting up Tarantino style, the uh, scene we saw at the beginning of the show. And here we see them at the car. Being held up by these two people who, at this point now, you realize who it is. Right. Um, that being Jimmy and Scarface. They're holding up this caravan to steal the liquor. And like I said, meanwhile, we got the uh, Treasury Department sneaking up in the woods. Which you think it's them that they're hearing. And yeah. I like that because you're like, oh, they're about to get yeah. caught. And then and you realize, hearing- oh, it was just a deer. And then there they he freaks Unfortunately, out. Capone freaks out and starts gunning people down. And that's when the Treasury Department takes off and you find out that they're at a house somewhere. It's a and Doyle's it's a yeah, Mickey it's, Doyle's yeah, uh, Mickey funeral Doyle's, parlor. Yeah. You know, really, really good uh, screenplay there to make us assume that uh, the Treasury is holding up the the hold up, but right. uh, <laughs> but they're not. They're actually going after the um, the quote unquote the real people. You yeah. know, he's 
you're already suspect. Well, why were they doing that? And you're you're already suspecting it's it was. Did Jimmy give him up? Right. Um. You know why else would they be doing that? Right. Which it's kind of smart in a way that he did that. So. Yeah. To to get the attention away from what they're doing right now, they and he kind of sent him on a fool's errand just to get some low level people. Um, I like the scene right here where Jimmy blows that dude's head off. Um, it's graphic. <laughs> it is a it is a very graphic scene, but I like that he does that. And what is he doing? He's chewing gum. Yeah, like it's yeah. nothing. He's just like, well, I did it. Yeah, exactly. It, where, it gives more to his to his character that he's done this before. Exactly. Like. <laughs> That always weirded me out when I watched that is he's not like, oh, man, I can't believe I just killed somebody. He's just like, all right. Like, it's kind of like cha- like going out and I don't know, changing a tire to him. Right. Like, it's like, I did this. It is what it is. Whereas yeah. you see Al Capone in this and he's like freaking out. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's supposed to be the hard gangster and there he is freaking. So that's done with. We go into um, Margaret, who um, unfortunately just getting the ever living piss beat out of her yeah she's basically taking the the wrath from her husband getting beat by nookie and thrown out from the casino i mean he'd already hit her previously and yeah that, i mean we, we you've seen it throughout the whole episode he's garbage he's yeah. not a good dude um he's a drunk he doesn't really have a good job and and sadly you know with this beating it's showing you know you see her it's going to result in, you know, some really horrible things, yeah. uh, really sad things. Yeah. Um, um, that's sad that he just does that. I mean, it, but it shows, I guess, you know, what alcohol can do to people. Right. You know, alcohol can have such a horrible effect on people yeah. and a hor- you know, it, it pulls people down and makes them do some just horrible things. And it's not an excuse. Um, but I think that that, this kind of shows that, you know, and it kind of makes you think, Hey, maybe prohibition's a good thing. You know, right. maybe we shouldn't have alcohol, right? you know, but obviously we're not saying that that's the real case because there's freedoms and things like that. It's your body. You should do what you want, but, um, it does let you see the other side. Of yeah. It. Yeah. We do find out there was all these kids, all these guys murdered and Nucky and his brother, you know, they do their police and their detective work. And they go through going through with his um, they talk to his wife and stuff like that. Right. Um, It's not hard for them to figure out who was involved. Um, They find out really fast that it was James. I mean, it's not a surprise. Yeah. We already as audience, we already suspected it. We were already 99 percent sure. They very quickly connected to him connected to him. It's not a surprise that they do that. Um, You see, and they go and they talk to his wife and stuff like that. Um. I thought it was kind of interesting because then they go and they talk to James's uh, father, who is the uh, Commodore. Right. And you finally get introduced to him as a character. And I like what he says in this, where he's surprised that his son did yeah. that. You know, he's like, really? really? Or it's, is it his? Yes, it's it's his father. Yeah. Um, I was thinking it was his grandpa for a second. No, it's his father. Um, and I like he's he's just absolutely surprised by that. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. It is his dad, isn't it? Well, and that's the thing is that at this point you don't know. Because I feel like if the conversation or he knows him really well, he knows who he is, but you don't know that they're related in any way. Except guess, that he knows who Jimmy is, and he's surprised that it was Jimmy that did this. 
that's the only thing you know. Okay, I guess even like with the conversation, I felt like you would you kind of like put that together, or he's he's somehow important. Possibly, to him. I maybe missed that, but from from what I remember, having watched it just now, hopefully I, I didn't spoil alert anything. <laughs> oh, P.S. Spo- spoiler alerts. <laughs> just uh, just rewind rewind like one minute and don't listen to it again, <laughs> and you'll you won't be spoiled. Um, but <laughs> but, yeah, but I like how he's surprised by it. in a way you see he's kind of impressed. Yeah, like yeah, he's absolutely. not even mad. He's honestly kind of yeah. impressed. Which that's who Nucky used to go to. That was Nucky's person that he would even look up to was yeah, the Commodore. Exactly. So because you can see it in that scene that he. He gives that guy a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then you finally see James admitting to Nucky, "I that did it." This was him. And you get a really great line out of him when he tells. He's kind of. It's almost like y- your son talking to your father. Yeah, again, it's the it's the father uh, father son dynamic that they share. Right, and it comes into play here as well. And yeah, J- Jimmy just. He just wants an opportunity. Just he he wants to be part of this, and he gets into it, and then he comes out and tells him, "You you can't be half a gangster." Half a ga- like the best <laughs> line of this entire thing. You can't be half a gangster. But he and shows. It's, it's almost like they they switched roles for just a second, right? And Jimmy is now telling, you know, he's the one telling him, like, this is the way this has to be. Exactly. You've got to do, and it's, I I even have in my notes that I took down that it's kind of a foreshadowing because he's telling him you can't be half a gangster. Like, you, there is, you used to do this, you used to take money this way or whatever, whatever this case was. You you did politics, you, you, you know, as you had said, you talked out of both sides of your mouth you now have to do violence right which that is what this show is about right there is so much violence and it's not just this show in real life in, in real, real prohibition life. a lot of people die yeah a lot of people yeah you know and that's what this is showing is that you can't be this anymore you cannot be the guy who's standing by the sideline you can't be a half a gangster you have to go in fully you have to be willing to kill people you have yeah. to be willing if you're gonna live this lifestyle you've got to step up yeah, and I really like that. I think that's really good, and I think it's cool when he does that. And you see the opposite then now with Al Capone, where he's delivering his booze to um to his boss, uh, Torino, and he's Torino's like like thanking him, you know, giving oh, him yeah. a kiss yeah. and stuff like that. He's like, oh, he's like, thank props. you so he much, you know. Yeah. It's kind of funny to see that where there's two, so, like, Nucky's proud of Jim, but he's not thanking him, whereas Capone is being praised. Right. You know, like, you right. did something that it, it took a lot. Right. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that there's, they kind of have the same dynamic between the two. Right. But very different reactions to the same to the same situation i didn't i didn't really think about that and then of course yeah right here um so you have your ending scene this is our final i would call it final montage i don't think it's not really a montage no but it's kind of an epilogue not not a tie tie up of all the loose ends but definitely it opens i think it's kind of an opening yeah yeah um you have um, Hans, I believe it's his name, uh, Margaret's husband, 
Um, you have Han, Han or Hans. I can't Hans. I I I think it's Han, Hans. Him getting grabbed by Eli and yeah. another officer, and um, you, we're not for sure what's going to happen. And then you also have Big Jim going in yeah. his his restaurant, and he's he's a happy guy. Like he's like relaxed. He's like, okay, I'm opening for shop. You know, he wants to go and listen to some music, and we have this wonderful song playing in the background. It's a beautiful song, really. Yeah, yeah. And you have this beautiful song playing, and then you also see Margaret's husband being taken out to sea. I was going to say, in in, in true Scorsese style. It's so much Scorsese. (laughs) He's got operatic Italian music going on in the background. In the background, when some really horrible... I mean, because when he's getting taken out to sea... He's literally getting beaten to yeah. death. Yeah. I mean, he's not he, he he isn't drowning when he dies when his body when you find it when we find his body um washed up when that with the fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're sleeping with the fish. He was dead before they he put him in the water. He was dead before he was in that water. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting beaten to death with this beautiful sound, yeah. this beautiful music playing. I really it's a really good scene. And the entire time, you have Nucky shaving and getting yeah, ready for work, just right? Just mundane actions. You know, just de- everyday life, yeah. knowing what's happening. He yeah. knows what's happening. Exactly. And I like that. Uh, I think it's, I just think it's real powerful. You just see that death means nothing to these people. Right. You know, the, the, uh, Big Jim is a huge player, right? He's a huge player in the mafia. He is a big dude. Yeah. And they off him. Yeah. Like like nothing. Just like like that. he's yeah. not gonna be in next week's episode. <laughs> you know, this isn't like a spoiler. It's he's dead. And then um her husband beaten to death. He's not gonna be in the next I mean, they're showing that, hey, if we have to kill people, we have to kill people. And I think Han get Han's getting killed in all honesty. I think that that is a part of what Jim was saying. When Jim was saying, you can't be half a gangster anymore, I think that stirred something inside Nucky where he was like, you know what? I can't. Fuck that dude. Yeah. He hurt somebody that didn't deserve to be yeah. hurt. He's yeah. going down. And I think he's doing that as not only to save Jim because, you know, he comes off and um, he comes off and he's they blame him, you know, for yeah. the for the uh, I mean, he's heist. definitely doing it to save Jim right. a little bit, but it's also just his morality and that's it's changing yeah and that's kind of the that i feel like that's the point and you know calling back to what we said about the intro the show is about nookie and his morality and how he sees the world and how he changes his perspective on certain things throughout the show just in this one of, episode yeah just even yeah just in this i mean he's he's a very complex character who has to be two different people he has to yeah. be this gangster he has to be this uh, un unwavering hard ass of a gangster but he has this other side of him that feels for people right. that you know wants to help that wants to be a better person and that's what uh i feel like that's what makes the dynamic of his character so important in the show and so the episode after that, it's it's ending. We have that. We then get to see some wonderful images. I think you, Jim oh, yeah. playing with his son. Yeah. Kind of interesting. I, it's a theme. What did we just see? We just saw death. Yeah. We just saw two people get brutally murdered. Yeah. We now see a father with his child. Um, earlier we saw um, 
him looking at the incubators, you know, that yeah. you can spend 25 cents to go look at a small child, yeah. you know. Uh, and then he's going now to Margaret to give her flowers. Right. You know, I think it's a really powerful scene because you see death life and, you know, you see that he's, uh, yeah. he feels bad. I honestly think he feels bad that he had her husband killed, but he knew it was a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think he's devoid of all emotion and all conscience. No, I think no, that he honestly, he honestly felt for it. And then cool. Scene and closes course, out with yeah, that amazing with that great blacked transition. out uh, screen coming in. The blacked out circle. It's, it's total. Again, a callback. Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. Callback to the old days. <laughs> um, so that was the end of the episode. Uh, some interesting facts that um, you may not know. Um, so Big Jim, right? He uh, in the episode, you know, he gets shot in the back of the head. Right. Um, in real life, he actually didn't die that way. Um, I was reading about him. Um, Big Jim was a real person. Uh, right. He actually was against prohibition, like I was talking about. Yeah. Towards the end of his life, quote unquote, his life, he um, had gotten a call. There was a shipment coming in of illegal booze in the 1920s, uh, in 1920, not 1920s, in 1920s, so the very beginning of prohibition. Right. Um, it was coming in through the um, harbor in New York, and he actually went out to pick up the booze with another guy of his. The guy canceled on him, was sick or something like that, so he went out by himself and was gunned down at the docks in New York. Huh. So instead of in his restaurant, he was actually gunned down. And one of the leading theories is actually that uh, Torino is the one that did it, and he actually had Al Capone kill him. Oh, really? I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, That's that one would... of the apparently the leading theories out there. You know, something that it doesn't make for, I guess, as good in the yeah, TV show, in the show but... but it also kind of does. I feel like, yeah, because I feel like that would actually been... be a really cool scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's not as dramatic, I guess. But a little bit of a difference in how certain things have worked out. Um, something I just thought was kind of interesting. Huh. Um, so thank you all for joining us. Um, I. Hope this has been a good first episode. We've had so much fun doing this. Oh yeah, this. absolutely. Um, if we feel like we've rambled, we're sorry. Um, we're getting the hang of it. So, but we're just having <laughs> a great time, and we hope you all have loved listening. Not to only us. that, but we have a couple of old fashions in us at we've this point. We've had a couple so old fashions. <laughs> I, I, I warned you. I warned you. The second half of every episode <laughs> will go long. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much again, everybody, for listening. Um, once again, this is bootlegging. We are a Boardwalk Empire podcast. Um, so next week, uh, we're going to be talking about episode two, and it is titled The Ivory Tower. So until next week, y'all enjoy. Have a couple libations, and we'll do some chin wagging next week. <laughs> <laughs>